The Heart of Grief is a podcast addressing issues of loss and the primarily emotional responses associated with it. The largest part of our programming does not deal with matters of faith. We do, however, believe that there is a spiritual piece of our human experience. This spiritual dimension is important and deserves our attention. The periodic Questions of Faith episodes address that spiritual dimension and is approached from a Christian perspective. For a more complete introduction to this supplemental material, please listen to our Questions of Faith episode zero. We want to express our appreciation to Martin Brothers Funeral Chapels in Lethbridge, Alberta for their key partnership in providing this program. And hello. This is part two of an interview I had in October 2020 with Michael Rose. Michael's work centers on the discipline of spiritual direction. He is an associate member of the Canadian Association of Spiritual Care. He is also associate chaplain at Chinook Regional Hospital in Lethbridge, Alberta. He has written a first book, Becoming Love. Michael also publishes a podcast by the same title, The Becoming Love Podcast. Mike is a retreat leader, educator, and conference leader living in Tabor, Alberta. He is also a certified grief recovery specialist, and it was through that connection and our mutual friendship with Chaplain John Mormon that he and I became acquainted. Here in part two of our interview, we discuss the often thorny questions that arise surrounding prayer and how, in hard circumstances, it may seem as though God is not hearing or not answering. Then we focus on another often difficult and misunderstood matter, that of forgiveness. Michael shares from some poignant real person stories and concludes with an invitation to consider that God's approach to us is always one of love. He invites us in all of our circumstances to hear for God's voice, to be open to God's presence, and to choose even small acts of love as steps of trust leading to greater wholeness for ourselves and for others. Is it fair to to say at times when I'm praying for God's healing and I'm thinking of it in terms of something physical, that God sometimes is saying, I am healing you, but in a much different, greater way than actually you're asking for it. Yeah, I, I think so. I think, you know, in Scripture affirms this too, that just because God and God's love, it is working to squeeze the absolute best potential out of every circumstance. I think that God is the master recycler who can take even the junkiest junk in our life and shape it and form it and squeeze it to get some good out of it, that it won't be wasted. And even if that means that our body is in no place to cooperate. You know, if the doctors don't have the right or don't have the technology available to them, that even still God is working in it and through it. Uh, I don't deny supernatural miracles. I believe that they happen. I think on a couple of occasions I've seen them. But it's my conviction that God is always working to squeeze the absolute best out of every situation. And sometimes the best is maybe not a miraculous healing, but maybe the healing of a heart, maybe a reconciliation between a dad and a son. Which is something personal for you. Oh, deeply. And the beautiful thing is, is that it has, it, it has a legacy. 
Because when, when you have particularly um, a genuine reconciliation, that reconciliation affects relationships all down the line throughout the family, um, throughout our kids' kids and, and so forth, right? In a sense, it could be, and I'm using maybe some some charismatic language, but in a real sense, a generational curse breaker, mm. right? But God is the reconciler, the healer of relationships, the restorer. You know, that's that's the beauty of it. It's a hard message for someone who is suffering emotionally or physically, relationally, to hear that yeah. maybe God is working with some area of your life to bring some form of healing in a broader sense yeah. than what you immediately feel need yeah. for. Yeah. I, I had been meeting the last couple of weeks with uh, this particular patient. I'm going to be very vague about it for obvious reasons. Um, but this person for the last, I don't know, 40, sorry, 40 years of their life has dealt with a, a catastrophic handicap, right? And this person is a follower of Jesus, and they're in the hospital. And so I, I asked them today, I said, thanks so much for sharing your story with me. I said, but is there, you know, have there, have there ever been times where it's like, well, why me, God? And he goes, well, I can't think of anything specifically, but I know there has to be. And I said, so how do you do this? And he says, for me, for, for, this, for this person, their faith and their hope in a God that is faithful and present, but a God who holds them uh, in the palm of their hand, brings a, an energy of hope to his presence. And so while I know that I'd be whining and crying and lamenting and snotting all over the place, poor me, I'm so pathetic. This person who's at 40 years like this, right? And, and, and has found some strength, um, a sense of purpose, and a sense of this faithful presence of God um, in his circumstance. Uh, and it's more than just cheap talk. It's actually the energy of hope for him to live every day even in the midst of some really tough, ugly stuff. And for me, that's that's beautiful. That's a gift of God. That's an answer to prayer. What you're talking about requires an element of faith, yeah. trusting yeah. that that energy of hope yeah. is available. Yeah. yeah, I think so. And it's about learning how to see it too, right? And I think that's what the whole journey of faith is, is that we're growing in relationship. We're going in relationship with this God who loves. So we learn what those things look like. We learn um, what those little nudges are. And so really it's experiencing that and walking in it and just learning to recognize God in those things and to be open. You know, and I feel sorry for us as a culture because you know, just being in this whole modernity thing, right? And we get into this idea that we can only know what we can measure and observe and quantify and, and what have you, and the, and the outside of things. And yet we miss the whole subjectivity of it, right? Where things are really important, like how do you know you're loved? How do you know your spouse loves you? How do you know your mom loves you? How do you know you love your wife, right? And none of that can be quantified and measured and necessarily observed. Right? You can see symptoms of that. There's this deep subjectivity, this deeper way of knowing, this heart way of knowing. Um, and I think it's that place that, that, that God connects with us. Right? I think that at the core of who we are, um, that's how we know what we know in our knower. 
that's where where God is. I think that's where God speaks to us. Sounds to me like you're saying that that it's not possible to separate experiences of loss from the greater sense of faith journey. Yeah, from a Christian perspective, the Jews were, were wrestling with, why are we suffering? Right, God, where are you in our suffering? Mm-hmm. Right, and the poster child for Christianity, Jesus, the beautiful Jesus, he suffered. He was a suffering servant. And even in the midst of it, even in the darkest, darkest time hanging on the cross, the Father was still with him. Didn't leave him, right? And I think that for for a lot of us, we've been taught a cultural Christianity that says, just behave, just perform, and all those things you're afraid of are never gonna happen. But I think the reality of the human experience is that, you know, all those things that you worry about, probably some of them are going to happen. But fear not, I'm with you. But the promise and the hope for me is the presence of the God who loves, in no matter what we do, that He's our deliverer in and through this stuff. Earlier on, when we were speaking over over lunch, um, the concept of mystery came up, yeah. and what you're talking about now has an element of mystery. Mm-hmm in that we don't have the scientific answers to these things, but we're invited on a journey. Yeah, yeah we can't, we certainly can't know those things the way that the scientific paradigm would have us. And I'm not discounting science. Science is great. Science needs to know its limitations. Something that science can't measure would be the power of forgiveness. John mentioned as a final one of the major questions that come his direction in in institutional chaplaincy is where people are face to face with regret. Things done that they wish hadn't been done. Things said they wish had not been said. Actions taken that now they regret. And what in the world are they going to do with this load of stuff? And that it there's elements of it, pieces of it that have to do with other human beings. Yeah. And there's pieces of it that come into play when we're thinking about our relationship with God. So, forgiveness. How can people find release from those regrets? Yeah, I think my, my perspective would be in asking for forgiveness, for example. I think we're met with, of course you're forgiven. I think that in lots of ways that God's grace and His love comes before our turning and I think it's that it's that love that is working and drawing and luring us right it's 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 that gift that brings us face to face with oh man I did this and I own this and this was me and this is in me and I need to change and I need to and sometimes you have the opportunity to be able to do that uh, to, to make tangible changes other times Uh, You don't have the luxury of time, but what you do have is potentially the opportunity to speak to whoever it is that you've wronged and have that opportunity to reconcile. You know, for a dad to say to his son, you know what, I was so hard on you and I shouldn't have been. I didn't tell you that I loved you as much as I should have, right? I never told you that I was proud of you. I've run into lots of folks whose, whose parents never said they loved them, right? They just assumed. But on those intimate moments on the eve of their dying, they, they're provoked 
it comes to mind in a sense that I really want them to know that I love them. You know, walking with someone recently and they're close to death. They wanted to ask to be able to forgive another family member who did something absolutely terrible a bunch of years ago. And, um, you know, they're really wrestling with it and have been wrestling with it for all these years. And it's like, well, how, well, how do I do this? And I said, well, first off, it's a good sign that you want to forgive. It's a good sign that you have that pulling on your heart, right? And I said, I think that's, that's a gift from God. I think that, that, that some people want to call it conviction, whatever you want to call it, that nudge is, is an opportunity to, are we going to deal with this? Are we going to look at it? And, and so that in itself is a gift. And so I said to her, I said, so what are you going to do? How are you going to respond to this? She says, I want to forgive. I, I just don't know how. And uh, I'm just praying my face off. It's like, oh, Lord. Um, but I said, you know, I think the invitation is that you choose right now that you're going to forgive. I choose to forgive. And I said, you might have to do that to your last breath. But I said, it honors you uh, and it honors God to be choosing to release that debt. That was something tangible, I think, that this, this person could practice making that choice to forgive. And if I had time, I'd send them through the group recovery method. <laughs> And I really would because there's some really neat tools on that. Because we, we tell folks, forgiveness is not a feeling you have to wait for no. or conjure up something. It's a decision yeah. you make. Yeah. The yeah. feelings, whatever they might be, follow the decision. Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Don't hang on the feelings. Yeah. And I really like what you're suggesting here is that when we have a sense of need for forgiveness, to give it, yeah. the beautiful thing is that that impetus in us really originated with God. Yeah. It's God yeah. inviting us to something rather than us seeking Him for it. Yeah, yeah, because I think that God, and, and, and particularly this God who loves, is calling us to greater wholeness. And part of that is reconciliation. Part of that is healing and forgiveness. Um, and sometimes the hardest, scarce part to do that is in our own hearts. Yeah, but when we know we're loved, it makes us a little easier to wade in. Michael, one of the things about our podcast and including these questions of faith episodes is we want to finish up each episode with a little bit of a challenge for folks to think about these issues in some perhaps new or, or different way. Something to kind of let their mind ruminate over and consider. And so just wondering if you've got a suggestion, something to think about. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have one message, and that is uh, that the God of the universe, this God's primary attribute is that of love. And all the other attributes are healthy expressions of that divine love. And my, my challenge would be, what happens if we surrender our idea of an angry, petulant God looking to smote you? What if we let go of the idea of a standoffish, stoic God that just kind of just stands by and you're on your own? Um, what if we could let go of this superhero God, you know, that, that it's been fashioned in the form of Santa Claus sometime? 
And what if we could really embrace a God that loves us and is for us, that whose goal and desire is to bring healing and reconciliation and restoration, not to reject you or push you away, but constant invitations and provocations and lures to be able to draw you into the reality that this God of love is for you. And what would it be like to be able to enter into that kind of relationship and accept that kind of love? So what would it be like to relate to a God who genuinely, completely loves me? Moments ago, we talked about the importance of decision-making. We like to leave our, our listeners with just one little step that really anybody can take. One little step towards something better. All right, so what I would suggest is what is one way that you can practice something that's truly loving. Something that makes beautiful, something that is restorative, um, something, yeah, that's reconciling, and something that demands something from you. So it's self-giving. And I think we need to be encouraged because I don't think that it's a thin, thin line, but I think within love, there's a number of potentialities, right? So it's not picking the exact right loving thing, but there could be, and often are, many loving things. So I don't want us to get too fits, try, you know, stressing over the exact right one. But what is one tangible way that we could demonstrate love to somebody else? Some cup of water uh, to refresh them, or an act of mercy, an act of grace, an act of forgiveness, kindness, some sort of service. So to begin experiencing love by becoming love in some way. Yeah, my wife has tattooed on her arm, um, we love because God first loved us. And so Jesus is that human picture, that human manifestation of the God who loves and God's disposition and nature and character towards us. We learn to love. We learn to love well because we're experiencing the love of God. And amidst the noise of a popular coffee shop, that's where my interview with Michael Rose came to a conclusion. My thanks to Mike for his time and his insights into some of the difficult faith-related questions that arise for us during times of painful loss. Remember that grief comes not just from the death of a loved one, but as a result of significant changes or endings of many kinds. Mike's proposal is not easy to embrace, that God's intentions for us are always good, and his approach with us and indeed his invitation to us, is always one of love. You can find out more about Mike and what he does at IamSignificant.ca. You may reach out to me and Lori through our new website, TheHeartOfGrief.com, or send us email to feedback at TheHeartOfGrief.com. Our next regular episode will look at how we can help the grieving children in our lives. This is personally one of my favorite topics. I really hope you'll listen then. Our next Questions of Faith edition is planned for December 31st. Bye for now.